Legends, Folklore, and History of New England. A podcast for kids, by kids. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Legends, Folklore, and History of New England. I'm Bridger and along with my sister, Molly. Hi! We're excited to bring you stories from around New England. A lot of times we have a story that is spooky twist. Sometimes we don't, but either way, we'll hope you enjoy today's tales. So if you know anything about New England or the settling of the first white people here, you have probably heard the word Puritan. We explain Puritanism a bit more in our Salem Witch Trials episode and in our Thanksgiving special episode. So if you haven't listened to those yet, go check them out. But there was another religion of a time that played a strong role in the founding not only Massachusetts, but Rhode Island and other New England states. That is Quakerism. Quakers are pacifists who moved from England to the new colonies during the Great Puritan Migration, seeking religious freedom. See, in the 1600s in England, it was the Church of England's Way or the Highway. There was no religious tolerance, and the Quakers were a persecuted group, so they decided to give it a go in the New World in hopes they would be free to practice their religion without issues. Seems like a good idea, right? I mean, the whole reason the Puritans were migrating was for religious freedom. Surely the two groups could coexist and leave each other alone. Nope, not the case. Let's just say for all the talk of religious freedom the Puritans did, they were uber strict and didn't want anyone being not Puritan. So how does this all play out? We have a few stories of Quakers in New England, an impact on the region and really the country can still be seen today. The first story we have for you is provided Southwick Gaskell. Provided, it's a weird name, but she was born in 1641, so they had some unusual names then. Her parents, Lawrence and Cassandra, immigrated from England to Salem, and fun fact, we are actually descended from Provided. Our great-great-grandma was a Gaskill, (laughs) and our family has been able to trace lineage back, so it's pretty cool to have this connection to the story. So the Southwicks were Quakers, and at the time in Salem, when the Puritans were not too cool if you weren't. In fact, they were insisting everyone attend Puritan services. And the Southwicks were like, yeah, no, I don't think so. And the Puritans were like, cool, cool, so we're just going to jail and fine you for not going to our church. So Lawrence and Cassandra were repeatedly jailed, fined, and even whipped for not going to church. And to top it off, they kept publishing Quaker publications. The Puritans really hated that. But no matter how many times the Puritans ran them out of town, they kept coming back. They paid so much in fines, they became impoverished, but still kept going back. Then, in 1658, when Provided turns 18, the Puritans arrest and imprison her for being... Yep, a Quaker. Governor John Endicott passed a sentence down that provided and her brother Daniel would be sold into slavery and shipped to Barbados or Virginia because their family couldn't afford the fines. But the Puritans couldn't find anyone willing to ship the two to either Barbados or Virginia. As a compromise, the community banished Lawrence and Cassandra to the wilderness of New York and the kids were allowed to stay in Salem. Because of their age and the element, Lawrence and Cassandra died within three days of each other in 1660. Provided went on to marry Samuel Gaskill, 
a prominent Quaker, and continued to fight intolerance in the Puritan community. During the Salem witch trials, provided in Samuel, actually sheltered a woman who was accused of witchcraft. It was believed that woman, Abigail Soames, was a Quaker preacher, and female preachers in Puritanism just didn't exist, so of course she must have been a witch in their eyes. With all their efforts to shelter and save her, she was ultimately put to death during the witch trials. That's our ancestor. So cool. Up next is Anne Hutchinson. She was a Puritan who moved to the Boston area in 1634 with her 11 children. Why 11? That's too many! Anne was no wallflower. She had no problem calling out local preachers for not following the rules of the Puritan community. And if it didn't figure out by now, that didn't go over well in the patriarchy of Puritan society. Plus, she was holding meetings that allowed women to get together and discuss the sermons and be leaders in the church. So you know just being pure evil. I'm kidding. Women can definitely think for themselves, too. Anywho... The Puritans wanted to punish her for evil of letting women think and calling out men, so they arrested her, imprisoned her, and eventually banished her. So with the support of Roger Williams, her and her followers headed south to Rhode Island where it founded Portsmouth. We did an episode on Providence history and talked a lot about Roger Williams in it, so go back and check it out if you want to learn more about Roger Williams and the founding of Rhode Island. But Rhode Island was founded as a sanctuary for all those kicked out in the rigid Puritan communities of Massachusetts. A woman in the 1600s founded a town. That's incredible. History said she was a great speaker. It would have been seriously fascinating to have met her. Seriously, she walked for six days from Boston to Providence with her kids in the snow. And then the group took a boat over to Aquidneck Island, where Portsmouth is. But you know those Massachusetts Puritans, they just couldn't leave it alone, so after five years of threats about taking over Rhode Island, Anne decided to move further south to what is now the Bronx, New York. Happy to be out of reach of the English and safe in Dutch land. But it wasn't all happy there. Anne was used to having a good relationship with the Narragansett people of Rhode Island. However, Sawanoe tribe in New York, where she was settled, were not interested in being friends and didn't want them on their land. This doesn't end well. The chief of the Sawanoe tribe sent word to the little village Anne and her family lived in, warning them of an attack. But when the warriors arrived, they were surprised to find the Hutchinson family still there. Anne and her family were caught and killed and the tiny village burned to the ground. One younger daughter managed to survive. Stories say she was out collecting blueberries and not within the walls of the village at the time of the attack. But the tribe found her, believing her red hair was somehow magical or special, and her life was spared. She lived with the tribe for two years before being ransomed back to family in Boston. If you ever traveled on Hutchinson Parkway in New York, now you know it's a namesake. Okay, we could go on and on. There are a lot of kick-butt women in early New England history, but we decided to share a story of Anne's good friend, Mary Dyer. Mary Dyer was a Puritan who converted to Quakerism. In the early 1630s, Mary and her husband left England in the Great Puritan Migration. They didn't last in Boston long, though. They were supporter of Anne during her trial and left to help Anne establish an Aquidneck Island. In late 1651, Mary headed back to England for about five years. During that time, she became a follower of George Fox and converted to the Quaker religion. 
Because being a Quaker was illegal in Massachusetts, the minute she returned, she was arrested and imprisoned, then banished. But Mary was like, nah, I'm not gonna be banished, and came back to Boston. Again, they convicted her and banished her. She's like, you're either gonna let me stay or I'm going to be a martyr. So the Puritans are like, okay, you are sentenced to death, and sent her to the gallows in 1659. But then a reprieve was issued and she was saved. Then a year later, she came back to Boston and said, hey guys, did you get rid of those laws banning Quakers? And they were like, nope. And then they hanged her. So again, sad ending to the story, but Mary was committed to fighting the Puritan intolerance and wanted to make sure everyone had a right to worship how they wanted. And ultimately, she gave her life for it. Anne and Mary may have been a thorn in the side of the Boston Puritans, but with time, their contributions to be a founding principle of religious tolerance was acknowledged. Now both Anne and Mary have statues at the State House in Boston, and a garden is dedicated to them in Portsmouth. It's called the Founders Brook Park. So you can go check out both those places. Near the area of Mary's statue, there are reports of disembodied voices sobbing or pleading for mercy, branches snapping, shackles clanging. Many attribute it to Mary, who was hung. So maybe you can make contact with the ghost of Mary Dyer. Although, I hope it's just residual haunting and the poor lady is resting in peace after that tough life. Seriously. And because we think it is important to recognize that all of these women were interlopers on Native American land, we would like to introduce you to one of the many fascinating Native American women in the area. Wiedemu, upon the death of her father, became the Sachem, or leader of the Pocasset Wampanoag tribe in what is now called Tiverton, Rhode Island. Now, typically, a son would become Sachem after the death of their father, but as her father had no sons, the duty fell to her. And their culture was way more equitable between the sexes. I mean, geez, it took until Princess Charlotte was born for England to change the stupid rule about only boys inheriting the throne first. Yeah, so she commanded a group of 300 men. She married five times during her life, each time to strengthen her tribe, especially in the face of white settlers. Wiedemu joined with the Metacomet against English in King Philip's War. Check out our Cumberland Monastery episode for more info on that. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, English defeated the Wampanoag. Wiedemu fled, trying to escape after defeat and ultimately drowned in the Taunton River. English took her head and put it on a pole in the center of Taunton for all to see. Gross, they were so evil to each other back then. I mean, you already took their land, you killed their people. Mutilating their bodies is just overboard. Again, it was a sad end, but these are some strong, fierce women who fought the patriarchy in New England style. And really, unless you go looking for their stories, you don't typically read or learn about them. So that wraps it up this week. We hope you learned something new. There are so many great women in New England's history, it would take years to go through them all. Anything else? Nope, I think that's it. Okay, until next week, remember, history is fun and sometimes a little spooky. Except I know that's Settling. not the real way to say set settling. <laughs>